Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is John McGee, and I'm joined in the studio today by Timothy Atik. And we're talking about what does it mean to be successful? T.A., welcome, brother. Thanks, man. It's fun to have you here. Thanks for having me. So uh, those of you that don't know, Timothy Atik is our new, one of our new teaching pastors, been on staff all of three months. Yep. And so it's a longer story. We Maybe we'll tell it today. Maybe we'll do, uh, do it another time. But you were actually, like another lifetime ago, you were an intern mm-hmm. here um, with us in the student ministries. Then you went away. You're, you're all grown up now. You've come back. <laughs> yeah. And now you're a teaching pastor. And the, uh, the body's been responding really, really well to your teaching. It's really fun. But um, you know, we've had David on here, David Pinuel, who was yeah. one of your counterparts <laughs> back in the day. We've talked about some of his shenanigans. So uh, things you remember back then, craziest things you ever did. Um, things that um, we still might not know about. So, what do you um, what, what do you remember about that season? You know, David and I we jumped out of an airplane in the name of Jesus. So, uh, <laughs> Watermark does their their big student weekend. It's called D Town. Yep. And uh, for for D Town, we went skydiving as Stan and Dan, the Super Danger Mans. <laughs> and so the what was funny twenty years ago? What was so, catchy twenty years yeah, ago? Yeah, it and uh, so we jumped out of airplanes. We had on mullet wigs. I had like a, a duct taped on Fu Manchu. That when I jumped out of the airplane and was free falling, one of the sides of the Fu Manchu was just flapping in the wind, and the whole thing kind of the the climax was, you know, we cut the camera, we threw a dummy. And the dummy landed, and it was like he went, you know, Splat. skydiving without a parachute, and he got up, you know, with some camera work, he got up and was perfectly fine. So <laughs> that is what ministry looked like years ago when you're really trying to reach the youth for Jesus. <laughs> uh, had you jumped out of a plane before? No, nope, that was the first and last. First and last. Were you scared? Um, I, w- <laughs> I was scared because... Truly, this 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 really happened a minute before, minute before I went first. A minute before I jumped out of the plane, David Peniel asked the guy he was strapped to, "Hey, do you ever have to use the emergency parachutes?" And they looked at each other like, "Why would you ask that?" And they're like, "Yes, we do." And I mean, my face was just like, yes. flush white. I uh, I'm not trying to top your your. Skydiving story. I've got one. I uh, like you. I've done. Uh, I was kind of a one and done. But you know, I'm a bigger guy, and I had a guy that was probably as big as me um, on on my back. And when that when that cord pulled and the chute opened, it was a full force of me and him. And I had some straps really really tight around my shoulders, yeah. and it, my my arms just went numb. Like I couldn't lift them. And so he's yelling at me to you know as we get to ready to land to <laughs> yeah. pull, and I'm just dead weight. I am dead weight. So he's trying to pull for both of us, and we we kind of tumbled. Um, but I remember just excruciating. I, oh, well, the, the milliseconds that I was able to feel my arms, they hurt, and then after that they just numbed out. And so That's hilarious. I just walked around just kind of with the dead arms for a while. So, but we both lived to tell uh, about it, and. Um, uh, those were fun times. Yeah, and it's it's fun just to think about our journeys and all the crazy stuff we do, and we're still alive. And that's right. Um, in some ways, uh, God used <laughs> all that. So, uh, TA, um, it was a few weeks ago. You gave a talk to the staff, and I think the prompt was, "Hey, what does like real success look like? What is what does it look like to be successful in the church?" And you shared four things, and 
uh, I personally, I you know, I took a lot of notes and was just thinking about the ways that I you know measure success. I think about success, and I thought that, that would be really, really great mm. um, to share with the audience. So, thanks so much for for being yeah. here and uh, talking about these things. So, do you have kind of like um, um, we'll get to the content here in a second, but do you have kind of a genesis story of like? What even prompted you to think yep. about this, or what was going on in your own your own soul as you thought about this? Yeah, well, last summer I had the opportunity to take a maybe four or five week sabbatical, and uh, so I was sitting on the beach, and uh, that's a really easy place to hear from God. And I I spent my sabbatical really just listening to the Lord a lot of time, just being with Him, being silent before Him, and allowing Him to speak to my heart. And uh, I've I. I found myself in a place where I just sensed that the Lord needed to clarify for me what success would look like for me when I returned back yeah. to ministry. At the time, I was leading Breakaway Ministries, which was a ministry at Bible study on AM's campus, and and it's a it's a large group gathering. In the and I know my tendency. My tendency is to live and die by numbers. Mm. Like if I'm not careful, I can live and die by that Excel spreadsheet and how the dashboard is looking. And I just sense that in the moment, the Lord was just saying, hey, we need to clarify when you go back what success is going to look like. Um, Because if you're not careful, um, you're going to measure it in the wrong way. And so I, I really felt like as I sat there, the Lord clarified four things for me that that would be markers for success. Knowing that my tendency is to just look at numbers, it was just so helpful for me to remember that numbers don't tell a full story of success. Mm-hmm. We we like numbers because they they're tangible and uh, they go up and down, and so we equate going up with successful and going down as unsuccessful. Numbers are nice when you're trying to snap a picture. If there's a bunch of people in one place, that is a really good looking picture that (laughs) you can post on social media. But attendance only tells you how many people are in the room. It doesn't tell you if anyone was changed. And so for me, Breakaway was a ministry that met in a basketball arena. And and the the realization that I had was if 11,000 people show up to Breakaway, we'd snap a picture and be like, isn't it amazing? How awesome is God? But it's possible that 11,000 people could gather and the spirit of God doesn't move. And we might be celebrating something that was actually a major waste of energy and money because nothing of eternal significance happened. And so that that's my deal with numbers. Numbers are important. You see numbers in the book of Acts. You should track, you should track numbers because if one week you have, a thousand, the next week you have 10, it's good to ask the question, hey, did we do something wrong? And at the same time, numbers can't be your only guiding light when it comes to success. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think there's, there's not a single person who's involved in Christian ministry that doesn't resonate with that struggle. Yeah. And uh, clear scorecards, you know, are just, they're, um, they're comforting and yeah. uh, we can measure ourselves, and but they don't tell the whole story. And yeah. uh, if that's all that we chase, um, often... Um, It'll be to you know our peril as well as the peril of those that we uh, yeah. that we lead, and so um, so I'm excited to jump in. And so is that okay? Can we just Absolutely. jump right in? Okay. Yeah. So here were here were the four questions, at least as I understood it, that you asked yourself. You know, am I yeah. am I being successful? Yeah. And so you can think about yourself, maybe at the end of a season, a ministry season, a ministry uh, event, a Sunday morning, uh, really 
every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are questions that you could just ask. And I would encourage you to, to think about these, write these down, and maybe even, you know, if you've got some other way to ask the same uh, idea to, to put it in some vernacular that you will be comfortable with, that you would kind of prompt yourself uh, every day, every week, or whatever your rhythms are to go, hey, God, was I successful uh, today? Because that's what we want to be. We want to be here, well done, and good and faithful servant. And it's probably not going to be about uh, the numbers uh, when we we get home. So uh, the first question uh, that you ask in kind of this, what does it look like to be successful uh, category is, uh, number one, have I sought the Lord fervently in prayer? So again, that, we're not talking about outcomes here. Have I sought the Lord fervently in prayer? It's one of the questions you ask yourself uh, in regards to am I successful? So what, what do you even mean by that, brother? So the hard thing is that I, I think that if I were to say to any church leader on the planet, hey, we want to be a praying people, you'd be like, yeah, of course, we, we want to be a praying people and we want to be a praying church. But on my sabbatical, I read a book, um, it's called Forgotten Power, and it just talks about the 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 power of prayer in the church. And as I read it, I I felt like I was being, my eyes were being opened to a deeper level of, of fervor when it comes to, to seeking the Lord, that, that prayer can often be relegated to transitions in service to get us from out of worship and into a message. Prayer can be the thing that we start our meetings with so we can yeah. kind of bring in people's attention or the thing that we close our meetings with. And yet, I, I think I just became convinced that prayer is the work of the ministry. Mm. Like if mm. you're not praying fervently, then you're, you're not doing the work of the ministry. And in just this realization that there are times where God waits to move until we pray, not because he's waiting for us to manipulate him, but because that's how he gets the most glory. Like mm. his his plan includes his people praying and asking for him to move and then him responding and us celebrating his his response as we've as we've sought him. So I just think about Acts 6 4 mm-hmm. where it says, you know, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. James 4 2, you do not have because you do not ask. I, I know for myself there were times when I was doing ministry at uh, at Breakaway, where Breakaway was on Tuesday nights, and I had about a 20-minute drive from my home to the arena every Tuesday. And there were some Tuesdays where I was in my car, and I felt like I was trying to catch up on prayer, almost like cramming for a test, huh, huh. where I was like, you know what? I've spent hours prepping a message, and yet right now I feel like I'm like, this is like blitzing God with like, okay, I want to make, but God, I pray that people would be safe tonight. I want to pray that this will go well. I want to pray for that. And uh, I hated that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And then there were other Tuesday nights where I was driving to the arena, like, God, I don't know what else to pray for. Mm. Like I, I, I've, I've been asking you, I've been asking you and I can ask you again. And so I can do that, but I don't know what else to ask you right now. Mm. And, and it was just this sweet feeling of like, you know what, Lord, I've been asking you, I've been begging you this week to move. And, uh, and so now I just, I, I feel like I've done everything that you'd want me to do hmm. in seeking to glorify you by asking you to move. T.A., as you talked about driving, the metaphor I thought of was uh, Spurgeon in uh, lectures to my students, mm-hmm. his uh, preparation in prayer uh, legs he talked yeah. about. And he said, a lot of times when pastors go up to preach, they walk with a, a bit of a limp. They hobble up because their preparation leg is really long, but their prayer leg is short. Yep. And I've just thought uh, that um, I've had the same thought, but walking, you know, when I walk up to 
take a microphone or in front of a room or to a meeting or to be with my kids or whatever it is, is my prayer leg as long as, you yeah. know, maybe my giftedness leg or my preparation leg. Yeah. And if not, then something, uh, something is amiss. And yet how, how fun it is to walk up there, uh, equal parts. Yeah. And I, I've done all the things that I need to do. And I take you that Spurgeon wasn't, wasn't trying to measure you know, um, salvations or any kind of responses. He was trying to make sure that his students understood, hey, your responsibility, what true success um, looks like is to be well prayed up, fully prayed up, nothing else. I love that. There's nothing else I can think of to pray for. And, um, and that, that is, that's what success would look like. And what I, what I, um, what I found myself wanting to do for myself as I was sermon prepping each week is I wanted to pray myself prepared. Like I, I know what it's like to pre- prepare a message in my own strength, and I know what it's like to prepare a message sitting and listening to the Lord <clears throat> and praying myself prepared. And so on Tuesdays, I'd just go for about an hour, hour and 15-minute walk, and I'd have my my sermon on my phone. And as I looked through it, I would just walk and talk with the Lord and just make sure, hey, everything that God wants me to say, I've asked him about, and he... And, and I have clarity now. And so just this idea of praying yourself prepared. I, I had a friend talk about praying themselves hot as they get ready to go to lead in ministry. There, it's just so much better to minister out of a out of an overflow, that place where it's like you, you've been with the Lord and you've sought him. And now you can just wait and watch for him to move. I love it. So that will keep you from, you know, was it successful? I don't know how many were there. Uh, right, you can be successful if there were one, or you could fill football stadiums and still not be successful with this uh, matrix. Or you could be prayed up, and if a few people came, you yeah. you could go to bed feeling like you were successful. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, and mm-hmm. we have to believe that 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 is what uh, part of what success looks like. So, uh, great question. That one, number one, have I sought the Lord fervently in prayer? And then number two, you shared with us, have I asked the Lord what He wants? and responded with excellence. Have I asked the Lord what he wants and responded with excellence? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so it, it kind of piggybacks on what I just said in terms of praying myself prepared. I, I, I felt this major shift in my my sermon preparation where I, um, I, I found myself just more trying to push off as long as possible getting to my laptop to actually write my talks. I, I just got to a place where I'd, I'd sit with my journal in the passage, and I would just allow the Lord to speak to me about the passage. So I'd do that for a day. I'd close it, come back to it to the next day, open up my journal, sit, listen to the Lord regarding it, close it, come back to it the next day. And it was just this opportunity to say, hey, look, I don't, I don't want to assume what God wants. Like, I want to make sure that I, I position myself to listen to what He would want. And so... Uh, and that that goes for ministry in general. Like I, my tendency is to lean towards strategy. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's be strategic. Mm-hmm. What do we? What songs can we put in what order to kind of build this momentum? And then we'll do this. And I'll you know in my message I'm going to have a right hook here. And I just sense that the Lord was like, hey, value sensitivity over strategy. Like strategy is important. It's necessary. But there's something to sensitivity of just, hey, God, I don't, I don't want to assume what you want us to do even this Sunday. Our tendency is like, okay, we have our, our mold. We do four songs. 
we do announcements, we do a message. Well, it's like, what if God wants us to sing three songs and then he wants us to have a, a time of prayer where we pray together as a body? And, you know, I just want to be open to what the Lord wants. That doesn't mean that you just wing it. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. It actually takes more intentionality and planning to sit with the Lord and to listen. You can't you can't wing that. But um but there's something really sweet about just asking the Lord, God, what do you want? What do you want me to say? What do you want us to do? What would be most pleasing to you? Yeah. And to to give them the space to to direct your thoughts and to direct your creativity and then to respond with excellence. To 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 take the, the thoughts and the leadings that you have into execute to the highest level of excellence that you can. I, I believe that for me, that that is what was really enjoyable. But, you know, um, I'll just give an example of what this is, what this looked like for me back in the fall. My tendency was strategy when it came to sermon series. And so doing college ministry, I was like, you know what? I need a really sexy title that people are going to be like, oh, that's amazing. And (laughs) that's why we're coming is because this series is called that. And as I I just sat with the Lord over the summer and I was like, God, what, what do you want me teaching? And I felt like he was like, hey, how about the gospel of John? How fun would that be? Well, the problem is I was doing college ministry and the college rhythm is like, you've got five weeks and then you've got the first test week. And that's, so it's good to kind of have a reset after that. And then you got Thanksgiving break, Christmas break, spring break and summer break. And so my tendency was like, oh, we need a five week series here, then a seven week series here, and then a new series and a new semester. And I felt like God was like, what if you just taught it for the whole year? I'm like, well, that totally defies everything that is good and right with college ministry. And I felt like the Lord was like, and call it the gospel of John. And it's funny because I showed up into the semester and I was like, hey, students, it's talking to to a lot of students. And I was like, hey, this we're a Bible study, so we're just going to like open up the Bible and read it. We're going to be walking through the gospel of John. And it's like, they're like, oh, man, this is edgy. Like, this is like... He's like, really, this is a grassroots thing. It's like, no, this is so great. This is just, this is opening up the Bible and teaching it. That doesn't mean you only always do that. Right, right. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of joy and there was a lot of comfort and confidence in me. Like, Hey, I've heard from God. He's led me. We can do this. You have, I think you trust yourself a whole lot more than I do. So (laughs) (laughs) I would go, I'm going to run this by some people because this sounds, this sounds like a suicide mission and I'm going to, I'm going to go up there and we're going to put up there. There's no graphics. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no buzzword, no tagline. It's just the gospel of John. They're all going to walk out, you know? And so I'm going to run this by someone. So, you know, well, the cool thing is I did. So just so you know that there is, there's wisdom and an abundance of counselors. And what's neat is as I came back to my staff and just shared these things with my staff, they were like, this sounds amazing. This guy's brilliant. This is great. And what was cool is, is students were like, they're like, man, there's just something different about this semester. And I was offended. I was like, what have we not been teaching the Bible? What, what is different? But I, I just think it was that there's just something really sweet about... I'd- hearing from the Lord, yeah. running it by people because there's sometimes you think you heard the Lord and you didn't. And, uh, but there's something sweet about that. I just have this image of you, like in some, you know, 
movie, like an advertising movie, and you're the creative director, and you get up there and you go, guys, you know, everyone's drinking their coffee. They can't wait for the big unveiling, and you, you walk up there with your sharpie, the Gospel of John, yeah. and drop the drop the sharpie, and everyone applauds. So, yeah. Um, but I think I think what you're saying, TA, is, um, you know, in that moment. You felt like God given you clarity. Hey, God, you know, this is, I know that this is a formula that works. I do this and it works because of the rhythms, because, because of tests, because then there is, there, there's football games and then there's the end of the semester and you got to manage energy and things like that. You can't say the most important part during the middle when everyone's gone, you got to, you got to structure it. Like you had that all dialed in and yet you ask, you know, God is what, what do you want? And, uh, and, and, uh, when you show me, I'm going to respond with excellent and you excellence and you kind of leave it at that. So if it's you, just that, it's just like, God, I just want to make sure this is what you want because it. our tendency is to just have processes yeah. and formulas and we get really comfortable with plugging and playing. Yeah. But so, but in that moment, if rather than kind of these accolades and people coming back going, that was genius or this is edgy or uh, this is incredible. If they came back and go, man, this guy's old, you know, he doesn't yeah. get us that you can still kind of stand in that, you know, kind of very uh, solid place and go, no, I, I heard from God on this one. Yeah. You, you might not like it. Um, you may not, you know, you might unsubscribe, but um, I, f- I feel like I heard from God on that. And I, and I, and I did the best I could with what he showed me. I'm going to go to bed tonight. And I really feel like I was uh, successful and yeah. it keeps you from riding the, the crazy roller coaster up and down of was this successful or not. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a great question. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, the first question was, have I sought the Lord fervently in prayer? The second one is, have I asked the Lord what he wants and responded with excellence? And the third question he had was, have I invited as many people as possible to come and meet with God? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, the, when I share this, this information with people, I, I always get two kind of initial reactions. One is like, yeah, but what about numbers? And I'm like, <laughs> I, that's why I preface by saying numbers are important. They're in the book of Acts. I'm not saying discount them. You should track them. And the second is like, well, so what are like, just like wing it and like, just pray, sit and pray in a room and Hopefully it'll all work out. And it's like, none of those things are what I'm saying. There's, we, we still have to do work. You know, we, we have a responsibility to invite people to come and to, and to experience what the Lord is doing at Watermark. And, but, but the wording for me, that's really important is that we're inviting people to come and meet with God. We're not inviting people to come fall in love with breakway. We're not inviting people to come and fall in love with Watermark. We, we want people to come and be with us because we believe God is here. God is everywhere. My theology is intact. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. omnipresent. But I'm talking about that that when we gather, we want to believe, hey, God is here and he wants to meet with us and, and uh, he wants to speak to us as we open up his word. Like it's possible for you to leave sensing that you've met with God. And I... And I, I believe that I've met with God at Watermark and at Breakway, and I want to invite people to come and meet with God themselves. And so um, this is just, this point is, it's that accountability check of like, hey, you, you can pray, but you know what? And God absolutely can supernaturally kind of shoulder tap someone and be like, hey, you're going to Watermark mm-hmm. this morning. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that happens every Sunday morning. But you know what? People come to church for relate because of relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so we have a responsibility to invite people, and we see that in the in the scriptures. That's one of the reasons that we named our middle son Andrew. It's because what do we see Andrew doing? Is he calls his brother to mm. to come and see Jesus. And so it's mm. just it's just hey, I want to live with intentionality in the spheres of influence that God has placed me in. I want to live strategically, and I I want to I want to invite people. And so for me. One of the ways that I can lay my head on my pillow and have peace is just ask, hey, have I, have I been faithful with the opportunities that God has given me to engage with people and mm-hmm. to invite people? And if the answer is no, I don't want to be overcome with shame. It's just, I just need to recalibrate and say, okay, well, maybe I'm too, I'm too focused on what I'm doing and I'm not looking up and looking yeah. around and inviting people in. I love it. So we are at the time of this recording is before Easter. So this will probably yeah. drop afterwards, but, and this is just a really unique time to be able to invite friends. Uh, candidly, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, one of our super bowls. And, yeah. uh, and so that to, to shift the focus there, uh, to say, Hey, have we invited people rather than how many were there? Just, uh, puts everything in the right perspective, gives us a whole lot more peace. And it, it keeps us, I think as, as well from trying to manipulate people and really put the guilt trip on them and, uh, say, wh- where are you? Which we don't, we, we, we never do this, but Hey, where are the three people you invited? Where are they here? And it's like, I didn't have any control over that, yeah. but I didn't invite him way to go. You know, and you can celebrate, That's exactly right. uh, you can celebrate that. And I think too, uh, whenever you're trying to build something or you're trying to get momentum around something that, uh, th- that example that we just gave was around kind of a Sunday morning or a, an event thing. Also, if you're trying to build something, uh, I've had many times, uh, this sense of, I can't control whether anybody is going to get on board with me or not. If they'll even say it's a good idea. Like I don't, I don't feel accountable to that. I feel extremely accountable to tell people uh, about this opportunity or yeah. kind of cast a vision for what I think could be. Now they may get on uh, board with me. They may, they may laugh in my face, uh, you know, or I've had larger gatherings and I've gone all, I've, you know, this is, uh, I've done this before where I just said, I, I feel compelled to get a small group of people or a medium-sized group of people together and cast a vision for this. I don't know what's going to happen after that, but I feel it like in my bones, I yeah. have to do this. And, and I remember going, um, multiple times actually, and you know, throughout my journey, just feeling very much at peace. And I could, you know, kind of share with what, what I thought God was doing and, uh, in real time go, I don't know what they're going to say, but if they, if they all say they're out, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sleep so That's well right. tonight because yeah. I feel like I've invited them into what I think God's doing. If God's at work, you know, it, um, in special ways and in, in, in certain places, I'm, I think I'm inviting them. I'm pointing that out. I'm circling that and saying this right here, I think is a thing you want to come join with me. Uh, and if they don't, I'm okay with it. So yeah. I, I just, I think it's yeah. a really, really great, great question. Yep. Really great question. Um, okay. So the last one uh, you had for us, um, and, and I didn't see this one coming and I needed some explanation when you first said it, but, um, we're trying to think about what's, what is success? What does this look like? One of the questions you ask yourself is, have I seen God move? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So for, for me and the teams that I lead, like we always want to be great storytellers. Like we, we want to see what God is doing and then we want to speak it to each other because God is glorified when we share what we see him doing. That requires us, though, to have eyes to see God actually working. And so our tendency is to only see the big fruit as praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. So if someone trusts mm-hmm. in Christ mm-hmm. or like someone like 
gets called to missions or someone has just this massive defining moment, my life will be forever different because of this one moment. But God is, he's worthy of our praise for like the watermelon sized fruit and then like the, the, the blueberries of, <laughs> of ministry. And so if we believe that God is with us and, and the spirit of God is moving in the midst of his people, then, then I want to come to church with some expectancy that we are going to see God move. Now, that might not mean that um, someone comes up and is like, I gave my life to Christ today, mm-hmm. but it might be someone saying, hey, you know what? I brought my mom to church today. She hasn't been to church in two years and just amazed that she even agreed to come. Hey, praise God. That's mm-hmm. a huge God story for today. Or, you know what? I... Um, I I left church today and and I was I just sensed this urgency in me that that I need to start engaging with my waiter or waitresses when I go to lunch and so I went to lunch and I actually before the meal I just said hey is there anything you or your family needs that I can ask God to help you with as I go to pray for my meal hey that's a God story that's awesome that that happened it's it's just seeing the spirit of God having eyes to see where God is moving. So if someone comes up after the message and just says, I felt like today was for me, you know what that does? That they do, That's all they had to say. That alone tells me, hey, the Spirit of God does what he does, mm-hmm. which is he illuminates hearts and minds to the truth. So my, my deal is, is I don't want to go a whole semester with no stories. Mm-hmm. If I go a whole semester with, with not even a pomegranate seed size story to tell, I at least want to ask the question like, hey, have I been praying fervently? Yeah. Have I sat and listened to the Lord? Have I invited, you know, people to come and meet with God? And uh, you know what? I I know that I've talked to missionaries in the past where they're like, you know, what? we've been doing ministry here for 10 years and we haven't seen one person come to Christ. And so the tendency is for us to think about those scenarios and be like, yeah, this measure of success is dangerous. But I think about like us, a, a church of, of our size with, you know, thousands of people coming saying, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. Well, if we're doing this week in, week out, and a bunch of people who claim to have the Spirit of God living inside of them are just going to all the trouble to fight traffic, to show up, sit in a chair for an hour and 20 minutes, fight traffic out, and we're hearing nothing. Mm-hmm. That's concerning mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's not about quantity. It's just about, hey, we believe that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. I mean, 1 Corinthians uh, 3 talks about us being the temple, not individually, but collectively. Mm-hmm. So we want to live with expectancy to see the Spirit of God do what he does, which is convict and illuminate and regenerate and sanctify and unify. So Yeah. Well, I love the way you talk about it. So it's not, I think, again, the, the, those extremes, those uh, yeah. now we're going to get the, the TV cameras and, you know, and uh, and get this out to the to the nations. It's the small little evidences of God's grace, you know, that yeah. Paul talked about. And um, and so if you can find those, then you're probably yeah. uh, you're in the sweet spot of what you should be doing. And uh, you could you could fill stadiums and not have not have evidences of God's grace. Yeah. You could see, you know, podcast downloads explode and not see evidences of That's God's right. grace. Uh, but, you know, 
conversely, if none of that happened and you just have people saying, you know what, I'm going to love my spouse, um, sacrificially in a way that I haven't, I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, ask for someone's forgiveness. I am going to yes. uh, wake up earlier and just be still and pray. Then, then God's at work and you were quote unquote successful or you're a part of something That's that right. is successful. Absolutely. And, um, and I, th- I, th- I just think that we can, especially if we tune ourselves, those stories are out there and yeah. I don't, I don't care where you are. They're, they're there. Um, and if you will, if you will uh, look for those, uh, I think find comfort and, um, and deep satisfaction in those. It'll keep you yeah. um, from just, you know, getting, getting crazy when the numbers are up or down or yeah. um, percentage up, percentage down. Uh, you won't ride the roller coaster and you can just, just partner with God and, and what he's doing. And so uh, really, really helpful uh, outline. We'll put that in the show notes, but any, any parting thoughts, uh, brother? Yeah, I'd just say just me being honest with myself, my tendency is to tie my identity to my ministry. And when I do that, man, my value can go up and down with with the numbers. And uh, this has been really helpful for me to just say, like, you know what? Uh, my identity is that I'm a child of God. That doesn't change. That That's who I will always be. I might not always be a pastor, might not always be a teaching pastor, but I'll always be a child of God. But faithfulness is... Uh, it can be marked by by things like this. I, I remember listening to Louis Giglio talk about uh, leaders having to rest their head on a pillow of responsibility every mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. And there's there's the potential for that pillow to get on top of you. And it can be suffocating when that responsibility is crushing. And some of the and, and the numbers can be one of those things that can rotate that pillow from from bottom to top. Again, that doesn't mean that they're not important. It just means that they're not they're not everything. And so for me, these four things just allow me to rest my head on the pillow of responsibility God has given to me. And I can say, you know what, God, I I. Uh, I'm aiming to be faithful to do what you've called me to do. Yeah, I love it. Well, brother, it's been a really fun three months yeah. uh, to go from jumping out of airplanes with uh, duct tape <laughs> to now seeing you in the pulpit has been uh, really fun. And I look forward to uh, multiple years. And, uh, and I, um, you know, my short run with you in this season has been that you, that you live this out. And we just did our uh, Dallas leadership team retreat. And I actually thought about this, uh, T.A., when we had a break, we, there were some times we played and you played as hard as anybody else. And then there was some unstructured time. And I found myself going and being on the move, you know, and, uh, and, and you really, you sat uh, a lot and I'd, I'd see you with your little Bible there and you, uh, just, you know, you said, I read and I close and I read and I close and I read and I close. And I saw you, uh, as I was, you know, <laughs> walking around and, and I was in motion and, uh, it was, it was actually an encouragement to me to watch, watch how you handle your downtime. Thanks, and, man. uh, that was really, really fun. So, uh, well, friends, hopefully this was a helpful conversation, uh, with you. If you're looking for a next step, uh, what I would do, uh, is send this out to your team and then have a discussion. How, how are we going to measure success and think about, uh, what you want to ask yourself, uh, kind of each day, each week, each month. Uh, in terms of your own uh, success. And then if you think of a friend that this would be encouraging to, uh, please forward it on so they um, they can be encouraged and think about success uh, correctly, rightly, uh, and in a way that will give, I think, God a lot of glory and them uh, a lot of joy. So uh, if you have any questions or comments or anything else uh, you want to let us know about, you can always reach us at clp at watermark.org, clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.